told Sister Arnold when I was writing my notes yesterday, I said, well, I'm up to three hours now. She said, well, kind of start now, will you? And I'm down to about five hours now. But I uh, <clears throat> told the Lord that uh, I would like to do something. I pray and I study and I seek the face of God for wisdom and direction, what I can give the people of God. And I said, Lord, this is just kind of like David was. It was in his heart to build him a house. And uh, God didn't ask him to build one, and God didn't ask me to do this. I just have a desire to do it. And I've asked the Lord to just help me for maybe a few minutes tonight. I am starting something that is too big to finish in one or two or three sessions, but we'll try to say a few things that would help you not keep you long. 145 of Psalms, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and thy wondrous work. works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. And in 147 of Psalms, verse 5, well, let's go to verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power his understanding is infinite. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight on the subject, Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Father, I ask you to help me somehow tonight to honor you for a few minutes, to magnify you, to ask you to quicken my mind and loose my lips that I could somehow speak in such a manner that the people of God would receive fresh vision and from vision would come faith and from faith would come power to do the things that, that you are warning us to do in your name. Bless, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Oh, hallelujah. Great is the Lord. I looked up uh, in the dictionary. You need to pray for me that I can get a new pair of glasses tomorrow, because these are driving me loony. I can't see anything. Uh, the word great. <clears throat> And it comes uh, with a number of definitions. Great means much more than the ordinary. <laughs> in size, extent, or volume. Long in dura duration. Large in quality or quantity. Higher in quality or degree. Something intense, such as light or pain. That which is very much of. Eminent distinguished, superior, imposing, remarkable, grand, showing nobility of mind or purpose, excellent, splendid, fine, of chief importance, expert, skillful. Well, that's a good start. The Bible is full of the matter of great is the Lord. The scriptures give a clear picture and definition of God. And the greatness of the Lord should be our foundation for faith. Yeah. We should be so inspired by the awesomeness of God's greatness that it ought to be easy to believe Him. It is the curse of modern Christianity. It has a diminished vision of God. The God in most pulpits and most churches doesn't impress anybody. That's why they're not excited about Him. But I'm telling you, God is great and greatly to be praised. He is awesome. He is magnificent. He is powerful. Said so The Bible says He is great and greatly to be praised. And His greatness 
is unsearchable or limitless or infinite, as the other writer said, about his understanding. Now, immense is huge, but infinite is measureless. So, <laughs> you see, in the Old Testament, the thing that gave God his statement of greatness was his creation and the exodus of the Jews. Oh, yeah. When the Lord got ready to make the earth, according to Job 38, the sons of the morning, or the angels of God, the seraphims, the cherubims, shouted with joy and rejoiced over God's creation because they watched his greatness unfold. When Israel marched out in the Exodus, in Exodus 15, they began to sing and rejoice and dance and beat on tambourines because God showed his greatness to save people. He broke the back of the largest and most powerful military empire in the world with a man with a magic stick talking to a bush. Now that's great. God is so great that he don't need anything you got to fix anything. He can just take the mess that your life is in and if he's allowed to work, he can show his greatness and everybody will applaud him and not remember your name. That's what the Bible said. He said, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak every day of thy glorious works and of thy majesty. We have a lot better outlook on life if that's what we practiced. Oh, man, I, I, just, I should ask you to preach. Let you get sacrificed over here on the holly trees. Ooh, Christmas, yuck. Mm. Let me try it again. In the Old Testament, God's greatness was tied to the creation. I'm not going to get off it till I'm happy. In the Old Testament, God's greatness was tied to the creation. The angels rejoiced and shouted. The Bible said in Job 38, they shouted for joy over creation. I wonder what the saints should do over recreation. They got happy over what God started. We ought to be happy over what God's finishing. Oh, hallelujah. It's one thing to make something, but it's, it's much greater to have something that was made and have it ruined and step in the middle of a mess and make the ruin a reclamation work of your greatness. To cause something out of nothing, great. But to cause something that's become a disaster and use your power and your greatness and make it something worthy of your name. Now that ought to make us happy. Now, if angels got happy over God's creation, I think the saints, the preachers, everybody ought to be excited and rejoicing and shouting and enthused over recreation. If they danced and became jubilant over an exodus out of slavery on an earth level, how much more should we be thrilled to think that we've come out of Satan's kingdom, out of darkness into light, out of bondage into liberty, out of sorrow into joy? There ought to be something in our spirits that says, The Lord is great and He's greatly to be praised. You see, God is so great. That he can step into a mess and command a blessing. <laughs> he can step into disorder and bring order. He can walk into chaos and cause calm. He can move into darkness and make it become light. He can step into death and leave it breathing with life. He's so great. All he's got to do is show up and open his mouth. He's so great he don't need nobody's help. Am I making sense or am I boring you here? I'm talking about your father. Yeah. You see, greatness in human categories fall into four areas. You can be great like Nabal. This morning I taught about Nabal. He was great only in possessing. That's all some people are. They're great in possessions. Nothing else. 
Now, a higher level of greatness is the, is the ability of doing. A higher level than that is the ability of great thought and the ability to communicate that thought. And the greatest of all greatness is that of being. Integrity. Oh, boy. See, we call a ball player great because he makes a good catch or he, he throws a hoop or he kicks a field goal or he wins a tennis match or whatever. We call him great because he's performed outstandingly. We call musicians great because of what they're able to do. We call a speaker great. We call a singer great, a builder great. We call a surgeon great, an actor, a writer, a designer, various performers, leaders, soldiers, scientists, inventors. But you have to understand something. Though they do things we label as great, they are only great because of their accomplishments. God is great without doing anything. You're not. I said God's great all by himself. If he don't speak, if he don't move his finger, if he don't do nothing, he's so great the whole universe has got to praise him and bless him because his greatness comes from his own being. See, sometimes our praise is attached to his performance, but our praise ought to bless and exalt him just for who and what he is and not what he does. Am I making sense? Come on, say with me. God is great without doing anything. How come I'm quiet? I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to preach my brains out. God is great all by himself. He is perfect in himself. Without doing anything, Without speaking anything, the scripture says that God is totally excellent in himself. Excellent in wisdom, excellent in knowledge, excellent in power. The writer of 15 and 11 of Exodus, when Moses, when he came to the Red Sea, he says, Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Who is like unto thee? Watch what he says. Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, comma, doing wonders. Ain't nobody like you. Mm -mm. God is so great. Why? Watch. Without him doing anything, he is light. <laughs> he is truth. Without speaking it. He don't have to say nothing. He is truth. He can keep his mouth shut and be absolute truth. He is, without doing anything, life. He doesn't have to share it. He doesn't extend it to anybody. He's life all by himself. He just says, I am. I am life, and I'm so great, nobody can kill me. I'm so great, nobody can find me. Who by searching can find God? None. Why? He's so great, he's got hiding places. And when you get next to him, he goes, just becomes invisible, won't even let you feel him. He just stands there and watches you. Come on, I'm trying to make you think. Because his greatness needs to become a catalyst for our expectation and for a place of rest for our spirits. If we can get a fresh vision of how great God really is, you won't have to feel anything. You won't have to have goosebumps. You won't have to go hickam a hookam a hooky. If you have a vision of how great He is, you just walk into your situation and say, You can take care of this. And if He chooses not to take care of it, it's because He's so great and He knows He doesn't need to take care of it. There's going to something else come out of this. I'm telling you, God is so great, so great, that he can choose not to say a word when you need one. He can stay silent and not cease being great. Now that's the frustrating part because we want him to talk. 
But you see, I told you before, his mouth is so full of power. If he talks, stuff becomes that. Oh boy, this is tough. In the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. Now, now that's mind-boggling to me. In the beginning, he said, I, I, I was great all by myself. In fact, when I created everything, it didn't add nothing to me. Your praise doesn't add anything to him. Your service doesn't add anything to him. Your money doesn't add anything to him. Your noise doesn't add anything to him. He said, before I decided to make anything, I was so great I didn't need nobody. I didn't need angels. My own glory praised me. My own holiness magnified me. My own greatness boasted on me. I didn't need nothing. I'm not an egomaniac. I don't need you to tell me how great I am. Millions and millions of whatever you would call them before time, before God ever called time, time, whatever that arena was, whatever that area was, when I was just floating around filling the whole thing, before I made anything, I was so great, I admired myself. I, I wasn't having some kind of short end of a stick thing that I needed something. you got to hear me. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. You're so great because you're limitless, infinite. You're unmeasured. Watch this. Jeremiah, if you would, reverend, please. You'd be so kind. Thank you, sir. Our Lord God. Behold, thou hast made the heaven. No, we're going to learn a new word for Christmas, okay? Everybody say it with me. Ah. Good. See, you can just do that when the doctor sticks that stick in your mouth. But you need to learn to do it like Jeremiah did. He went, ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. He, he, he went, whoa. See, he went, ah, oh, Lord God. I, I can't get you, so all I can say is, ah. Oh. Oh, 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 Lord God. Read. Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power. Wait a minute. You created the heaven and the earth by your great power. Read. Stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And, and there's nothing impossible to you. Thou showest. Wait, wait, wait. Hold it just a second, Reverend. You're so great, nothing can frustrate you, nothing can circumvent your purpose and your design. Nothing can stop your will from being done. Nothing's impossible to you. Oh, I'll, I'll, come on, let's chew a little bit. Ain't no sense me trying to preach. I, I can't hit the ball and drag you. I'm just going to talk. He's so great that whatever your life is telling you is impossible. Jeremiah is saying, that's lying to you. He is, he is able to do anything. I don't care how lousy your marriage looks right now, he can fix it. I don't care how crazy things are happening in your life, God can change it. God can step into the thing and command the blessing. I don't care how much pain you're dealing with right now. If he wills to, if he wants to, he can step into your situation and literally just absorb the pain out of your body and put your nose back to sleep and bring joy in your soul with his sorrow. He's so great. But see, we're not bragging on his greatness because we're wanting him to show himself and we're wanting him to manifest himself. But I think God is saying, no, I want to hear something just because I is. I'm the potentate. I'm the powerhouse. I'm the Lord of glory. I'm the majesty. I'm the king. I don't need to do nothing. How come the people always stay quiet until I do something? Why don't they bless me and praise me just because I'm awesome? Why don't they get excited and noisy just because they know that I'm awesome? Whether I do anything or not, I wish I had some people in the universe that would magnify me just because I'm great and not because of what I do for them. Woo! And I tell you, we give applause to people because of their performance. Yes, we do. We give accolade, yes we do, we give honor, we give gifts, we give money, we give presents to people because of stuff they've done. 
God is so beyond that. He said, I'm awesome and worthy of your applause and accolade and praise without me doing nothing. In fact, he said, I'm so awesome that when I made the heavens, they praised me. Just because they recognize how awesome I am. Oh yeah, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showing forth His handiwork. The stars bless me. The universe blesses me. Just because they recognize how awesome I am. And the people that I redeem, they don't bless me unless I fix something for them. Okay. I'm trying. Have you finished yet? Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands. And recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. Daniel chapter 4. If you would be so kind as to read for me, please. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven. My understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. Yep. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever. Yep. Whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Now, wait, we ought to bless God and praise God because the dominion lasts forever. Now, you're in a kingdom and ain't got no chance of having a coup. You're in a, you're in a government right now that will never be overthrown. You've, ex you've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken and cannot be destroyed and cannot be diminished. You're in something that's already going to win. It's already determined. God is so great. He said, I build the kingdom on my greatness and not on your performance. And my kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting and nothing's going to stop it. Please read for me, Reverend. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Whoa, now wait a minute. Now you got to get how great God is. Because he looks at everything else and says, you ain't great. In fact, to be real kind to you, you ain't nothing. He said, I don't care what you said about the Hall of Fame and the Heisman Trophy and the Wall Street Journal. I'm telling you right now, now you're talking, you're talking to one who is great. And from my vantage point, ain't nothing below me great. Right. He said, I own him great. And all these people that you give your allegiance to and your idol worship to, they ain't great. I'm great. You know why? Because at death, only God's great. Because when they put your carcass in the coffin, you leave everything behind. But they can't put God's carcass in, in the coffin. They can't even find him to bury him. They can't, you know, you know. I'm trying so hard. <sighs> Listen, he is so great that there is no authority or power or principality or personality in the spirit world or in the flesh world that is over him. There is no power, no force, nothing moving that he has to ask permission from. He's never asked nobody permission to be God. He didn't let your board vote on him. He didn't get an opinion poll. He didn't ask for a survey. He showed up God. He started up here. He said, I'm God. And we got the college boys trying to decide whether he's allowed to be God. He said, listen, you nincompoop. Before I ever let you walk the planet, I was God. And after you have worms eat your carcass, I'll still be God. I was God then. I'm God now. I'll be God later. I'm great. I wish I could get somebody in the auditorium to get a vision of him. Not just to say hallelujah and clap your hands. But to get the vision of how powerful he is. How awesome he is. How great he is. That nothing can make him afraid. And nothing can make him beg. And nothing can catch him by surprise. He knows everything. Finish reading for me, please, Reverend. And so, he doeth according to his will. Now watch. He doeth according to his will. Where? In the army of heaven. In the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth. And in the earth. And none can stay his hand. Oh, tell that to me again. And, and none can. He's so big and bad and awesome. And nobody can stay his hand. If he decides in the next few minutes to move down the pew when you're sitting there doing your impersonation of a mummy. If he decides to move down there and bless you. I don't care what devils are driving you crazy. And what spirits are 
saying you can't get free, if God decides to move down your pew, he'll just put his hand on you or speak a word to you, and God will do everything he wants to do, because nothing, nobody can stay his hand. He is so great. And none can can stay his hand. Or say unto him, What doest thou? What doest thou? <laughs> he said, I won't even put up with questions. Hey, what are you doing? Whack. I'm being great. What are you doing? I'm being stupid. See, God gets a kick out of being great. It's the easiest thing for him to be is great. I, 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 I need to read it again. I'm sorry. You, you missed it. More than the ordinary, larger in quality and quantity, long in duration, degree, something intense, very much of, eminent, distinguished, superior, imposing, remarkable, grand, excellent, splendid, fine, expert, skillful, your dad. Are you hearing me? Who is, who is like thee, O Lord? Listen, he is so great. There is nothing and nobody that can defeat him, that can fool him, that can surprise him, or can stop his purpose. That's how great he is. You ready for this? And he's in you if you have the Holy Ghost. That's why David cried out and said, Thy gentleness hath made me great. I wasn't great by myself, but your gentleness, your kindness, your goodness that worked in my life made me great. I'm getting like you. I, uh, I'm going to pull out my power page and see if this will work. This one don't work, we're leaving. God is so great. That when God sent Mo <laughs> when God sent Moses with that little magic stick and that little message to Pharaoh to put on the world's greatest jailbreak, three million cats are getting out of prison in one night. Do you know what he told Moses? Moses said, uh, "Who shall I say sent me?" He said, "No." If, if I tell you we're going to be here for a hundred years. If you want me to define who I am and what I am and how great I am, you ain't got enough years. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not supposed to say you're not hearing me, but you ain't hearing me. Mom, I know you want to put a label on me. But, but I am so great that you ain't going to be able to declare me in a sentence. Because I'm so awesome. And I'm so infinite. And I'm so able. And I'm so wise and so powerful and so knowledgeable that you can't put a label on me. And I know you have asked this question because you came out of the Egyptian economy where they had names and labels for the personalities of their deities. Well, they have a name for the God of fire and they have one for the name of water. And they have a God and they got a name for him who takes care of the earth and another one who gives the harvest. We have another one in Egypt who takes care of war and those who take care of wealth. And you have a God that takes care of rain and the sun and love and they even have a God of fertility. He said, but, 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 Mo, let, let's just get this conversation over. Just tell him I am. said, tell, tell Pharaoh, I can do it all. I can make the sun shine. I can make the rain to fall. I can bring the seasons to change. I can cause the harvest to come. I can make the Nile to bless you. I can cause you to be reproductive. 
can physically, I can bless you with emotion. I have strength for war. I have strategy for war. I am everything and more than every deity of Egypt. Just tell them, I am that I am has sent you. You're, you're not getting it yet. When you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've got the essence and the nature of the great I am inside your mind, inside your spirit, inside your body. Honey, you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you and gave his life for you. You are somebody because your daddy's somebody. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to talk a few more minutes. I want to talk a few. He says, you just tell him I am. In other words, Steve, I'm everything you need. I know you need a miracle. I know you need God to fix this thing up with your girl. I know you need money. I... He just says, tell Steve I am. I am what? I'm the banker. I'm the advocate. I'm the lawyer in the judicial system. I know you need a miracle, Ellen. I know those people are driving you crazy. Just tell Ellen tonight, I am what? I am the physician. I, uh, I am able to do more than you think I can. I am the answer to your situation. I am your peace in the midst of the storm. I am your preciousness in the time of worry and anxiety. Tell the people, I am so great, I can list myself in one statement. I am that I am. I don't care how much hell you got rocking in your life right now. I don't care how much havoc you got rocking in your life right now. Tell the people, I am your peace. I don't care how many mysteries and how many pressure things are driving you crazy. Tell the people I'm the answer. Am I making sense yet? What is he saying? Tell the people that I am El Shaddai. Not only does it mean the broad-breasted one, it means the God who's more than enough. Now you got to get it. Come on. Say, God is more than I need. What am I worried about? I am that I am. When they said they got cancer, well, that's okay. I am cancer's biggest headache. They say I got TB. They say I got a lump. They say I got a tumor. Fine. Well, just tell them that I am is going to come in. And after a while, he's going to take care of something. He's going to fix something. He's going to show himself strong because he's so great. He, see, even in the medical field, they got specialists. They got this guy and that guy and the coronary guy and the diabetes guy and the eye guy and the brain guy. And here you got one who walks in and says, I'm all the guys said, I am the specialist of all specialists. I can fix eyes. I can fix pancreas. I can fix the bladder. I can fix the stomach. I can fix the bones. I can fix the nerves. I can fix the muscles. I can fix the spinal cord. I can do it all. I am that I am. Oh, I wish there were some people who believe that God is as great as he says he is. I think I'll preach to myself a couple minutes here. Trying to deal with this building. I got a headache already. I got to tell myself, I, I am your financial miracle. I am your way maker. I am the one that told you to do it. I'm going, I am the one that's going to help you finish it. You ain't got to know where the money's coming from. You ain't got to know when it's coming. You just got to know that I own the cattle on <laughs> the cattle on a thousand hill. I own all the gold. I own all the silver. Let me tell you something else. The Bible says that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. God's got sinners in this city that he can speak to their mind in a minute. And he can give us money to build the kingdom. I believe that. I, I, I'm your exceeding great reward. Uh, you hear me? See, he told Israel some nifty things when he talked to him. You, can you take another five minutes? Would that be okay? 
When, when he got to talking to the people, he said, Now look, you tell them that if they're sick, tell them I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. If they feel very alone and forsaken, you just tell them I am Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. Now you tell them if they have a real need, you just tell them my name is Jehovah Jireh. I'll supply the need. I'll provide what's required. If they're in a real battle, they don't know whether they're going to win or not, you just tell them I'm Jehovah Nissi. I am their banner. Yeah, you're not getting it yet. See, <laughs> if they feel like they're desperately in need of protection, you just tell them I'm the banner. I'm watching over them. If they feel like somehow they are sinful, you tell them I am Jehovah Sitkanu. I am their righteousness. What is he saying? Tell the people what they never could be and never will be by themselves. I am already. And what I call them into, I will make them to become. I will bequeath to them my blessing and my nature and my status. Though you may be unrighteous, I will never be unrighteous. And though you may be unfaithful, I will never be unfaithful. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never put on you more than you can bear. I'm going to stick with you till this thing's over. That's how great I am. Uh, oh my. Oh my. If you're in trouble and you have unrest and you're in turmoil, tell the people that I am Jehovah Shalom. I am their peace. If you feel like you're a lost lamb and the wolves are about ready to eat your carcass, I like this. Tell them I'm Jehovah Rohi, your shepherd. Now watch. Whatever fights the sheep becomes the absolute foe of the shepherd. And the shepherd will take the foe on. And he will either destroy it or remove it. He will not let his sheep live in terror. He will not let his sheep live in sorrow and agony and anxious worry. He will not let us live in fretting. Hey, we need to say that the Lord is our shepherd. Come on, say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He sets a table up in the presence of my enemies. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. And the wolf's going to have to deal with my shepherd. He can scare me. He can nip at my heels. But I'm looking for my shepherd. And if I can get close to my shepherd, what's ever fighting the sheep is going to have to deal with the shepherd. And this shepherd is so great, he's never lost a battle. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Do you hear me? If you're not holy, he becomes Mekadesh. Your holiness, your divine justice. Tell the people how great I am. <laughs> He's so great, he can set any slave free. He don't have to ask the warden for pardon. He just bust the warden upside his head and just take everybody out of jail. He don't ever have to go up to anybody and say, may I? He don't have a note from his mother or ask permission. He just walks in and he's great when he gets there. You know. 
You got to look at the trial and the hell you're going through right now and say, you know, you ain't messing... You ain't messing with me, you jerk. I'm not in this thing alone. The great one is inside me. The awesome one is inside me. I'm not going through this trial and this test and this situation by myself. He has not forsaken me. I am not in this thing alone. The great one knows exactly where my breaking point is. He has called me into this that I might inherit a blessing. Well, why don't we bless the Lord for a minute? Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. He is beyond finding out, but He's not beyond experiencing. Great is the Lord. (laughs) Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. He's so great. I'll be, I'll be done in just a second. He's so great. Now watch. He can forgive any sin. Forgive any past disaster of life. Forgive any mistakes. Rebuild anybody's chaos. He is so great that he doesn't have to build up energy to forgive something that may be horrendous. He can just walk into it and absorb our vileness and give to us His virtue in one transfer. (laughs) Up comes the nasty, in goes the glory. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. He's so great that if you believe He's great, you don't have to repent for four days, four weeks, or four hours. You don't have to beg God to help you. If you come believing He's great enough to forgive you, He'll forgive you while it comes out of your mouth. I said the Lord's great. Oh yes, He's great. He, he's so great He offers man, mankind mercy. He's so great that the writer said, Glory to God in the highest and goodwill and peace on earth, goodwill toward man. He's so great that He wants me back. Are you hearing me? I've had some employers didn't want me back. I've had some congregations didn't want me back. I've had some interaction with people didn't want me back. But I've never found a time when the great one said, you can't come back. Said, I want you back. I don't care how far you've gone, how long you've been away, what a mess you've made out of your life, promises you violated, oh yes, vows that you said you were going to keep, you didn't keep. If you'll just turn in my direction, I'll come running towards you because I want you back because I'm not going to let the devil use you for a trophy of disgrace. I'm going to use you as a trophy of grace. God wants you back. Now that ought to turn somebody's motor on. He's so great, He seeks my welfare. He seeks to help me. He is so great that He is in absolute control of every situation. I know that chaos looks crazy. People are dying. People are hurt. People are sick. People are diseased. Things are happening. Divorce happens. I'm sorry about all that. But I'm going to tell you what. He is so great. He is in absolute control of everything 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Do not let the fact that God allows things to happen lie to you and say that He has lost control. He never loses control. Those things are terrible those situations are nasty he has not lost control he still controls the oceans he controls the weather he controls the seas listen to me he controls every devil he controls every demon he controls every disease he knows about every accident he knows about every heartbreak he can fix anything he's in control oh my 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 Let me tell you something else. If God allows death to come, believe me, death works for him. Death can't come unless he gets permission. Death ain't in charge. Hear me, hell ain't in charge of nothing, and death ain't in charge of nothing. If death comes, it comes because God says, I'm going to let you go. Ooh, my, 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 my. We've experienced so great salvation. Oh, yes, Hebrews 
Hebrews tells us 2 and 3, we got great salvation. Why? Because when we were helpless, he helped us. When we were powerless, he helped us. God who is rich in mercy, when I couldn't find him, he found me. When I wasn't thinking about him, he set his love on me. When I didn't... God is so great. He's never met a devil he couldn't handle. Ask the Gadarene with a legion of devils. And he's so great. He says, come out of him. You know, fussing and cussing and arguing and wrestling match. Come out of him. Enter no more into him. <laughs> legion of devils. <laughs> or one little boy in Mark 9 with one devil who's been tormented since childhood. In other words, he's so great, he can deal with something that's been driving you crazy since you was a kid. How long has this child had this other child? And it's cast him into the fire and it's cast him into the water. If you can help us, please have mercy on us and help us. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. And he turns to this boy with a demon in him and says, come out of him and enter no more into him. And he tore him and dropped him down and that devil got out. He didn't argue. He didn't debate. He didn't say to him, you want to arm wrestle, see who's going to win this? Man, when his mouth opens something, there's so much power that comes out of his mouth that the spirit world has to say, yes, sir. If we could get God to speak a word into our spirits, if we could get God to speak a word into our situations, it would totally reverse the thing around. Well, I'm going to make a confession before I leave the pulpit. I prayed yesterday and I prayed today about you very people. I prayed about your husbands and your wives and your marriages. I prayed about people who have taken my faith to the extremity where I feel like I'm standing on the corner of the abyss looking down and said, my God, they've been in the church and out of the church and in the church and out of the church. They've been in jail and out of jail, in jail, out of jail, fussing and cussing and arguing. Lord, I just, I'm having a problem just to, to believe that these people are going to finally turn around. And I had to start looking at the greatness of God and not the greatness of their mistakes and the greatness of their failure and the repetitive character of what they keep doing. You've got to get your face off the disgrace and get your face on the greatness of God and say, Oh Lord God thou can do anything. You can fix anybody. I know they've been in the church 12 times but they can be in the church another 6 times. You can save our children. You can call the backslider. You can turn their mind around. I don't care how many times they've apologized and said they weren't going to do it and they did it again. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of God that worketh in us. I know I'm telling the truth. But I have battled with this all this past week just battling with backsliders and people that frustrate the grace of God and frustrate my faith and wondering, dear God, are they ever going to change? Are they ever going to stop lying? Are they ever going to start paying their bills? Are they ever going to do right? They last for six weeks and then they go off on a tangent and then they last for two months and they're gone again. Jesus, have mercy. Would you do something in these people? I'm telling you, it's a battle in my spirit. It's a battle in my mind. It is almost easier for me to believe God to save some whoremongering, drug-shooting drug addict sitting under a bridge than to have faith to believe for people who've been in the church and mess with it. I mean, an old drunk out there just believe God can just turn him around, make him sober, put him in here, make him something for the kingdom of God. But people who've gone in and out of here like a saloon door. Now when I go to pray for them, I just don't feel an ounce of faith. And I've got to get my mind and my eyes off this mess and behold the greatness of God. What am I doing? Let me tell you something. People that don't get healed attack my faith. People that I pray for that don't get better upset me. Because I'm believing the best I know how that this thing is supposed to stop. It's supposed to change. It's supposed to be corrected. And I find it easier to pray for some sinner out here that I meet and believe God for their stuff than for somebody I've had to pray for ten times. Now come on, you all act like you don't have no problem. He is so great. 
that he's never had to deal with a disease that he couldn't heal. Nothing any worse than leprosy. And he healed all of them. And he spoke to him. Only one time I have it recorded that he ever touched him. So his power is in his talk and his touch. He can do either one. He never met a disease that stumped him. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. The man with the palsy, 38 years. There's nothing to him. You want to be healed? Poom. And yet we're stumped right now by diseases. But he's not any less great. My landing gear's down. He's so great, he never met a sinner he couldn't save. There are no such things to him as tough case. <laughs> How can it be tough to somebody who can speak planets into existence? Who can cause a Red Sea to open up, cause the wind to blow, cause manna to come and quail to fall? What could be so tough about a sinner? A piece of dust made out of clay, he can save anybody. Oh, yes, he can. He cast the devils out of Mary Magdalene and make her a follower and a disciple. He can get a cheating politician tax collector named Zacchaeus hanging out of a tree, turn around and bring salvation to his house. Apparently, the power of our past has no power with him. It always has power with us, not with him. He can find a Saul of Tarsus in Acts 9 and go on the road to Damascus on a murder threat. And turn around and knock him off that donkey and talk to him for a few minutes, make him blind for three days, baptize him, fill him with the Holy Ghost, and make him the greatest apostle in the world. Now, what our problem is, we always say, well, that's them and that's there, but this is different. Last point. He never met a backslider. He wouldn't take back. I don't care if Samson becomes immoral and messes around with women when he shouldn't, prostitutes his gifts from God, misuses the power of God, doesn't matter. If he repents and asks for mercy, God just moves right in his body and gives him strength to pull a whole temple down. All he did was pray one simple prayer, remember me. That's why he gave us Luke 15 in the story of the prodigal son. It wasn't about the prodigal son. It's about the prodigal father. It's a story about the father's heart and how heavy and, 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 and hungry he is to love that boy again. And it doesn't matter what the guy did. I, I've, I've done this and done that. He wouldn't even listen to the guy. He said he just embraced him, put a robe on him, ring on him, killed the fatted calf, let's have a party. This is my son that was dead. He's alive. He's lost and he's found. Showing us the heart of the father. But the devil would lie to us and say, well, your sin's too great. And your promise and vow breaking has become too great. Too great for what? Not for the great one. He is able to save to the other most. If he forgave David for adultery, hypocrisy, and murder. He can forgive you right now. That's how great he is. If he saved Saul of Tarsus, he can save you. If he restored Jonah from a walk of disobedience, he can restore you. If he's able to give a miracle baby to Abraham and Sarah and Zechariah and Elizabeth, he's able to give you the desire of your heart. Now listen to me and I'm closing. Now this is going to rock your socks. Anything that God has ever done becomes a platform to believe Him for to do it again. If God has ever healed anybody, you need to believe God. He wants to and willing and able to heal right now. If He has ever raised the dead, He can raise the dead right now. 
If he's ever healed anybody, he can heal now. If he's ever saved anybody, he can save now. If he's ever forgiven anybody, he can forgive now. If he's ever given an assembly a fresh move of God and revival, he can give this church a revival now. Come on and stand with me. I, uh, <clears throat> yes, I'm done. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable, infinite. He's Lord of all and He's Lord over all and He's good to all. He can form, He can create, He can fix, change, cleanse, purify, fill, and anoint. He's so great, He can protect a little baby named Moses floating down a Nile or he can protect a nation of three million slaves as they cross a 40-year wilderness. That's how great he is. Let me tell you what greatness, where a real sign of greatness is. A real keynote for greatness is how a great person treats the small guy, the poor, the insignificant, the helpless. That's what makes God so great because there's no one any more insignificant than us. Helpless than us. And God in His greatness condescended to stick His hand down here and help us out of our mess. He's great. He's great. He's great. He's so great that He could provide for birds and creatures and critters or millions in a wilderness or one prophet at a widow's house. He's so great, he notices the multitude and the minority. He's great because he understands pain and fear and loneliness and temptation and failure and sin. Ask the widow of Nain. Ask Jarius. Ask Moses, Peter, David. Ask some of us. Ask the prodigal. Well, <clears throat> I tried. Thank you very much for listening to me. I told the Lord when I got ready to try this tonight that I said I'm going to have a hard time because I, I don't preach very well without an unfolding story or scenario. Just to take a topic and preach on it is not easy for me. Furthermore, trying to preach about the greatness of God to people who think they understand the greatness of God is tough. I studied this thing and I was not lying when I told Sister Arnold three hours, four hours. I got five hours worth of notes here. The more I studied the greatness of God, the bigger he got, the more awesome he became. I want to tell you this. I want to use that. I want to speak on that. I want to show this. It's just like there's no end to it. That's right. His greatness is unsearchable. Now I'd like you to look in your own life for just about a minute and see where the greatness of God has been good to you. Where the greatness of His mercy and His patience and His long-suffering has been good to you. The greatness of God in that you didn't lose your mind. You didn't get killed in a car accident. You didn't become a drug addict or a rapist or a murderer or a bank robber things that you and I could have become but in his greatness he spared us and in his greatness he looked down in our lowest state and said I'm going to select you to be a part of my kingdom you that are facing all kinds of obstacles and problems and financial pressures and situations that seem impossible I can only ask you to look towards the greatness of God and say I don't care how great the disaster is you're greater I don't care how great the need is you're greater I don't care how great the pain is, the problem is, the situation is, you're greater. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing.
salvation. You're greater than despair. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're greater. You're greater than my fears. You're greater than my apprehensions. You're greater. Angels bow before you. Heaven and earth adore